introducing The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan, the podcast that takes you on an exhilarating journey through the captivating realm of custom technology. Join us as we unveil the sensational tales of Nashville's very own dynamic duo of AV designers. Don't miss out on this thrilling auditory expedition into the mesmerizing world of custom technology. Well, welcome to The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan. And uh, I can't believe we got that so perfectly timed. Well done, sir. I know. I, I'm actually <laughs> getting better at it, I guess. You are getting better at it, actually. <laughs> it's it's very nice. And uh, today we are going to talk about uh, lighting uh, in, uh, in smart homes. And there's like 9 million different ways to do smart lights. <laughs> I think 10 million now. I ten, think I think we got the 10 million. million. Yep. <laughs> um and so I think uh it's going to be a a lot of fun. I'm really excited because there are, because there's so many different ways to do it. There is a lot of really cool things that can be done. How about we do this to to start with? Uh let's maybe begin with the easy ones. You know, Philips Hue and LEDs and things like that. Um, yeah. You know, how would you maybe begin that conversation when it comes to uh, smart lighting and like just define what it is? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to scan through the 10 million different options. Philips Hue is, is kind of what started this. Uh, I don't want to say they started lighting control because they definitely did not. Um, but they kind of revolutionized the way people look at lighting control. Yeah. And they made it, they, they kind of brought it into the 21st century, you know, and if you're not familiar with the way those work is it's a, a light bulb that you replace uh, an existing light bulb in your home. So you connect it to your fixture and it connects to a bridge of some sort that allows you to control that specific light bulb. You can add, uh, a number of them across the space, uh, depending on, you know, how far apart they are. They do communicate via Bluetooth, uh, across their network. Uh, okay. Yep. Um, but they communicate via Wi-Fi to your bridge. So oh. your device communicates to the bridge and the bridge communicates to the light bulbs. Hopefully I made that clear. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are some limitations, how far away is it from the bridge, from your network, this, that, and the other. Um, but uh, they gave you the ability to pull out your phone and you could say, hey, I want this light to be uh, chartreuse or turquoise or purple or red or whatever it is. And you could do it from your phone and everyone's like, this is cool. I don't have to stand up anymore to go turn the light off. And there's several other brands out there. I'm sure you could get on the internet and find... Yeah, 50 other options. <laughs> I was going to say LEDs are uh, very inexpensive. The thing that we've done probably more recently um, has been uh, strip lighting, um, the LED strips as opposed to the mm -hmm. bulbs. Uh, and mm -hmm. I know those are also uh, app controlled. And so we just did a job for, uh, for a client that was really an amazing experience. So I just want to kind of jump into it real quick, if that's all right. Um, yes. He comes to us and says he wants to build an arcade. <laughs> and I was like, man, what do you mean you want to build an arcade? He's like, in my basement, <laughs> I want to make this thing into a, like a legitimate, 
you know, 80s style arcade. And we're going to have Miss Pac-Man and we're going to have Galaga and we're going to have, you know, this black light, you know, in the ceiling and, you know, dark carpeting and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so we put some music in there and uh, he had some speakers. And so we we did a nice amplifier and all that kind of stuff. So you get some music going. Uh, but then we talked about doing lights and we were able to get uh, LED strip lighting that went all the way around and he had a, a coffered ceiling, right? So there's two tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had one that went all the way around on the lower part and then one that went all the way around on the inner part. And I tell you what, man, like the when we saw the room for the first time, you walk in and you're like, this is 1986. This is 1989. <laughs> like this yes. is <laughs> absolutely amazing. Um, we had to get some diffusers. We had to make sure that we installed it the right way. And um, but uh, to be quite honest, I think the cost of the LED strips was less than three hundred bucks. You know, yeah. I mean, so you you know, you talk about something that makes a dramatic and huge impact, and you don't necessarily look at it and say, you know, I've got this huge cost factor, um, you know, that's going to be tied to it. So. Yeah, and I've seen pictures of this room. Um, I want Dan to take me out to this guy's house <laughs> so I can see it uh, because it's just, it's seriously straight out of, you know, think of your favorite 80s movie where they're in an arcade and it's straight out of that. Um, super cool. I'm pretty sure the carpet looked like it had like planets or something on it. I could be wrong, but it, 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 uh, did. it was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, and it's uh, so much so that literally right here, I have the strip lighting that he used in that, uh, in that project just to put it in my room. Cause I have these other ones that are, uh, uh, 20th century. I've got to use a remote to turn them on. So, um, I want to get into the 21st century with this, uh, you know, app control stuff, but seriously, I mean, it, it's, it, it makes the room. It makes the room. Well, and and I think that kind of leads us into maybe the next style or the next uh, approach, which is not necessarily that I need some individual color or I want to add a fixture or a particular strip or something along those lines. But I've already got lights. I mean, you think about this. There's a ton of uh, homes that already have lighting installed Mm -hmm. and no uh, smart functionality at all. Uh, So what kind of a system would you go to if you wanted to control existing lights? Yeah. So I know you and I, when we go to a home and a client says, hey, I want to control these lights in this space. Well, we'll talk about, all right, do you want to be able to change the color? And a lot of times it's not the the case. They just want to be able, you know, for security purposes, or maybe they just want to have a little bit more control if, you know, their kids leave the lights on or something like that. Um, so there are systems out there, um, you know, the biggest one that you'll hear is Lutron. Yeah, um, you know, and they, they did invent the, uh, first controlled dimmer. They use the mo- one of the most reliable systems and communication in the business. So we utilize them pretty heavily. Uh, they have a couple different tiers instead of replacing the bulbs, like in the previously mentioned Philips Hue and other systems, uh, you replace the actual physical switch or switches that control the fixtures that you want to operate. Like the light switch on the wall, right? Yeah, yeah. So you just pop that ugly light switch that is always pointing up or down. If you've got like a three-way light switch, you know, two switches that control the same one, you take those out and you replace them with a wirelessly controlled 
dimmer switch or auxiliary switch to communicate to each other. Um, and now, you know, if instead of spending, you know, a whole bunch of money on six light bulbs to uh, light my kitchen because I've got six can lights, I replaced that one switch and now I'm able to control all of those at a much lower cost in most cases. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned it that way because it's like you get to this point when you think about the design, you say, why do I go from this to that? And it's not that one system is bad or in another system is good. I think we need to stop thinking about that. Yeah. It just entirely, if, if, it, mm-hmm. if I can stand on a soapbox for a second, because nobody today is making really bad product. To be quite frank, a lot of what you're going to get from a technology perspective has been now done maybe three, four, five generations, in some cases, 10 generations. This is not new technology necessarily. It might have a new application, right? Or, you know, it's been manufactured this year, but this is something that's, you know, kind of been around for a while. And so instead of thinking like, this is a good way or this is a bad way, we need to think about a different purpose. Um, Right. Tying back to, uh, you know, some of our previous conversations. So here I need the purpose of controlling all of the lights in a room, right? Not just replacing a bulb um, right. or individual right. application. So that's awesome. I'm glad you said it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, to give an example, I know I mentioned price, um, you know, it, it's all dependent on the system that you do, but you know, even here in my home, if you go down to my living room slash theater space, that's where our main viewing area is. I have color changing, LED bulbs and LED strips that go alongside my system to create the experience that I want. But the kitchen, the dining, the the room that I'm in now, uh, bedrooms, all the rest of my house, I just replaced those light switches. Um, and I was able to gain control over my house at a lot lower cost without, you know, you know without replacing every single light bulb. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it sounds like you mentioned something earlier that I want to touch on. Uh, which is the idea of the three-way. And so I just want to kind of call this out real fast, which is when you do a three-way switch, you count the first switch as one, you count the fixture as two, and then you count the third switch as three. So this is the number one most confusing terminology, <laughs> I think, yep. Yep. In, uh, in lighting control. Uh, if you have a main switch, a fixture, and then a second switch, and then a, say a third switch, let's say you've got a long hallway and you can flip the hallway lights on from three different places, that's actually a four-way application. Um, and I know that sounds really goofy and weird, but you know I didn't make up the terminology. <laughs> no, no, on a, honestly, that's uh, the easiest way to explain it. And the four-way one, especially. Uh... <laughs> I have uh, here in my house and my hallway behind me, there's three light switches at the top of the stairs that all control the same two can lights. Right. And uh, it was a lot of fun trying to find uh, where the actual main run was coming from. It yep. was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to that end, uh, I think it's important that you work with your designer and you work with your electrician and you uh, just take a second it's not that this is you know rocket science in this in one sense right um mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, it is high voltage, which I think is something that should also be called out that in the world of audio video, we typically deal with low voltage. So this is one of those cases where if you are not 100% sure about what you are doing, please get an electrician. So that yes. way there are no stupid errors for stupid reasons because we just didn't want to pick up the phone. <laughs> yes, yes. And and if you haven't if you haven't got it from this, uh, and I'm not trying to stand on a soapbox necessarily, but Dan and I both believe in utilizing the right people to do the job. Yeah. You know, he and I are probably pretty handy in certain ways around certain things. But there's no way that I would uh ever replace a light fixture in my house. Just because I don't know that much about electricity. I do, but I don't. So just use a professional. It's not hard. Yep. And, uh, you know, I have done a couple of light fixtures in my house. See? Uh, so I, and even <laughs> then, <laughs> well, and I'm going to just reinforce the point to say, just because I can doesn't mean that I necessarily should uh, or that I want to. And so even if you find yourself in a situation where you say, okay, I know how to do this. That's great. You may still not want to do that. And it's goes the same for everything else. Can you change the oil in your car? Well, some guys mm -hmm. can and some guys can't. Guess what? Even if you can, it might be easier to roll the Valvoline or yep. <laughs> your local <laughs> shop and let those guys do it while you're on your lunch break. And that's not a knock on anybody. So, nope. um, well, okay. So we've talked a, a little bit about replacing uh, light switches. And mm -hmm. so that gives us some control. We've talked about the remote pieces uh, that go in there. And I know some of them are uh, battery operated when it comes to some of those auxiliaries, some of those extra, that three-way mm -hmm. or four-way application. Um, how long do you think uh, those would last? Oh, goodness. Uh, I mean, I I'm probably pulling pulling this out of the air but uh, i mean i've had mine for close to five years and I've, I've not had anything but five years is is i believe yeah that is it's five years yeah, it's, it's five when years. uh yeah <laughs> uh when uh sorry man so much information just runs through your brain and they're just little watch batteries so they call them picos um little pico remotes and those you know you just simply pop them off the wall and replace the battery and you're good to go for another five years and that's probably with continuous use i mean heck i haven't touched the Pico next to my laundry room door in the hallway because I usually touch the one that's right next to my bedroom door, which is three feet from it. So, yep. you know, it probably is going to last longer. That's awesome. And I appreciate the fact that you said that uh, there's one that you use all the time and when you don't use all the time. And mm -hmm. I think it it's probably worth it to have this conversation, which is how you actually live in your house will help determine the type of lighting design that you should get into. And I had this conversation with a guy, I want to say uh, maybe three, four weeks ago. And I said, you know, how do you plan on, you know, starting your day in this house? Well, I get out of bed and I do these things and I go down this hallway and, you know, I get to the kitchen and I start my coffee and I do this. I said, all right, pause that part where you said you walk down the hall. <laughs> I know that sounds so silly, but everybody's house in America, right? Has a hallway of some sort where you wake up and what do you do? It You in, instinctively, right? And intuitively hit the button there. And so if you can think about how you live 
that routine is something that you want to build on. That's how you make the technology work for you. It makes mm -hmm. no sense for you to put a light switch that's controllable on the far side of the room and you got to walk all the way over there to hit a button in order to <laughs> activate your smart functionality. It's like that wasn't smart. That's where you're working for the technology, not the technology working for you, right? So some of this does come back to how do I live? How do you live, right? How do I actually need this to work in order for it to be more convenient? Right, right. And it's, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier when Hugh came out like, oh, I don't have to get up to turn the light off anymore. But the number one thing that most folks say when you're first talking about lighting, lighting control is, oh, well, I'm not lazy. I can go <laughs> flip a switch. And, and so, you know, I know I brought it up, but it was more of a joke than anything. Um, what's Dan saying and to Dan's point, like making it work for you is how we customize it to your, to the way you live. So to give an example, and I'm sure you talked to this client about that, instead of walking over and hitting a switch, uh, maybe when the client rolls over to grab his phone off of his nightstand, there's a little keypad there next yep. to his bed that he hits good morning and it lights up the room that he's in. It lights up the hallway and it lights up the kitchen to 50%. And maybe it starts playing his, his favorite music. If you want to get into things like that, but making it work for you is, is going to make your life more enjoyable and, you know, frankly easier in my opinion. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that you kind of tied it into the, to the music and to the percentages because one of the things that is probably more subconscious in some people's minds, but conscious in others is energy efficiency and being responsible and being sustainable in our life choices. And it's a really simple thing to put a smart light switch in. And it's even easier to make the turn on point 80%. I know that sounds like it's not a big deal, but you take 80% as your maximum across the board and you think about the energy efficiency, you just cut all of the lighting cost down by 20%, all the electrical costs. It's not insignificant when you talk about that across an entire house. And mm -hmm. a lot of the homes we go into are a lot bigger and they keep building bigger and bigger homes. <laughs> and I'll never forget the conversation with one of my clients. First time we ever did smart lighting. He goes, uh, listen, I have a very large home. It's 9,000 square feet. If I could save 20% on my electric, <laughs> like that is not insignificant on a monthly basis. <laughs> That's a huge deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal, especially in those homes where there's so many accent lights and other things to, you know, they typically entertain a lot. So they want everything to show in the right light for that space. So we've touched on uh, a little bit of this uh, kind of additional design with the keypad. And uh, why don't we kind of maybe go to the next level? What if you go beyond uh, maybe just a single room or two rooms and you wanted to actually do an entire house um, you know, what are some of the advantages and some of the benefits of uh, of that type of a system and how does that change? I mean, the biggest the biggest thing for me with lighting control is 
Now I've got an additional security feature built into my home that's already there. I can just now, I now have more control over it. Mm. So what I mean by that is uh, when I come home, if I come home and it's uh, it's after sunset, my driveway lights are already on, my front porch, foyer, hallway, and bedroom lights are already on. So either myself or my wife are entering a home that is already already looks like it's being lived in. So from a security standpoint, am I, if I'm going to go into a house, am I going to go to the one that's already well lit or am I going to go into the one that's completely dark? Probably going on the one that's dark because it looks like no one's there. Um, but also when you're entering that home, it's just a security, it's a safety thing. Hey, I know that I don't see somebody here in my house. I know that I'm here. You know, we, we typically add things like the keypads that I mentioned earlier to make it easier for you to create more of that security. Yeah, I think the the number one uh, keypad usage that we have is typically by the garage. And mm-hmm. uh, we did a system, um, we were using a, a, a brand called Control 4 at the time, and they had geolocation uh, functionality uh, within that particular system. And I don't know if they're still running that uh, currently, but the concept was pretty cool. Um, when either the client or his wife got home, uh, the geolocation, as long as their location services were on, would notify the house that they were coming home and it would trigger the welcome home scene um, when they were within, I want to say, 250 feet or something along those lines uh, of, of the property. But there was an issue with this. Their parents came to visit. Mm-hmm. Well, their parents were oh. not part of the geolocation. <laughs> so the question is, <laughs> well, how do they use the functionality? Well, they pulled in, you know, to the driveway and, you know, they got the garage code. And so uh, they had no way to take advantage of the smart home. So we added a keypad uh, right at the door and it had welcome home on the top and it had away on the bottom. And so when his parents came home, they could hit that button and it triggered that scene uh, for his parents. One of my favorite ones is the tabletop keypads, you know, on each side of the bed. So you have either person in the room can, you know, simply reach over and activate five or 10 different lighting scenes that we've created for them or that they've, you know, kind of requested. And so one of those being kind of a, we'll call it a panic button, right? So you roll over, you hit the panic button and every light in your house turns on to, Maybe we turn it to full brightness because you want it to be as bright as possible and it lights up the the lighting around the outside of the house too. So now if you hear that bump in the night, you can turn around and you can hit that button and nobody's hiding in your house because they're going to be seen. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and the same thing, you know, on the contrary, if uh, I'll, I'll give myself an, as an example, I have a bathroom, guest bathroom downstairs when you first walk in the door. And a lot of times the light will get left on in there by if we're whether we're entertaining or either by my wife or myself, even um, being able to roll over at night and hit and a good night scene. And it'll go ahead and make sure that all those lights that I don't want on in that scene, just go ahead and turn off. And maybe it sets my outdoor lights to a certain level, um, but it's all controlled by that one touch of a button on that little keypad there next to you. Oh, that's so cool. Well, and I love the fact that you said panic and immediately when you said that 
I started thinking about this real as a real scenario. Okay, if I hear something in the night, I hit the panic button, it turns on the lights, let's say, in the main area and the ones outside. God forbid somebody was actually there. But if those lights are on and my cameras are going, I now get to see a distinct shift. This is exactly the time that it happened. This is when I heard the noise. This is when I Mm – and all that stuff is going to be time-stamped in your camera, right? So – and if we've positioned the cameras correctly, you now get a chance to see, well, which direction were they coming from and where did they escape to and was there a car on the street and all that kind of stuff. You can see those things assuming that you set up the system correctly and, again, all from a touch of a button. Not that you want to be in that situation, but it's really good to have when, you know, God forbid you're there. Absolutely. And think of the the opposite, right? You know, you hear something in the night, you've got to get up and go flip the switches in each room. And most of the time, hopefully someone's out of your house. But, you know, having everything already turned on, that's going to that's usually enough to scare someone yep. away. Yep. Done. And one of my absolute favorite, and you're probably going to laugh at this, maybe, maybe not, is the occupancy sensors that you can place in certain rooms of the house that... I'm not um, laughing. You t- okay. Okay. Good. So, <laughs> <laughs> occupant. So, in certain rooms that you're gonna have your hands full. So, what room do you typically enter a lot that you have your hands full? Uh, laundry. Absolutely. Right? You've got a laundry basket in your hand, and we've all played that game with your elbow where you're trying to reach over <laughs> and flip the right light switch, and you know you don't want to drop the the thing, be- but you don't want to walk into the room and it be pitch black. You can put that occupancy sensor right in, inside of the room on the ceiling. Um, it's decorative, so it, it kind of disappears. It looks like maybe it's a smoke detector or something along those lines. But now we've automated the lighting in that space to where you don't even have to touch anything. You just open the door, walk in, and your lights turn on to whatever level that you want. And then once you leave, they turn back off and go to whatever state that you want them to. I'm so glad you brought it up because we've done <laughs> closet. Uh, we've done his and her hers closets. And we've actually mm-hmm. done for a client, but he had a theater room in the basement. And the light switches were behind the door. Okay. And it's, an into- it's a completely yes. dark room, right? And so mm-hmm. the builders designed the doors to open up into the room. Well, because it's completely dark, Okay, you have to go into this dark theater room, then close the door halfway, and then you start hitting the wall randomly, trying to like hit the lights in order to turn them on. So we put in (laughs) an occupancy sensor and automated the three switches in the room. As soon as you open the door, it triggers the sensor, and the lights are on as you enter. Um, And of course, it was tied into a control system. So when you hit watch a movie, all the lights just automatically descended and just dimmed over a period of like 10 seconds something like that and uh, there we are it's movie time and you feel like you're in the movie theater it it was absolutely fantastic to get to create that moment where you're like getting that anticipation i've got my popcorn and (laughs) it's go time (laughs) right right and think if you're entertaining it you don't look silly trying to find your lights to turn it on you know, or your guest, maybe your guest enters the room first and they can't find the light switches because they're hidden behind a door and they don't know that. Uh, so, you know, from an experience standpoint, 
They just walk in and that room comes to life. A lot of the systems we install, I know I brought up Lutron earlier, are made by them. And they have 25 different colors and options for you to fit into most of your decor. Yep. Um, so when it comes down to it, not only are you replacing the lights, switches, and gaining more control of how you can live in that space, but now you don't have the wall acne of the switch that sticks up. You just have this beautiful flush-mounted switch that is automated into your system that also disappears into the space because it becomes part of the experience and the design. Yeah. We did a, uh, a job a couple years ago, and I will never forget this. Um, client had an interior designer come through and redesign the whole home. They had just moved in and went through, and they had... Uh, in the downstairs, uh, baby blue room, hallways were kind of like uh, an almond color. Um, and then you get up into the main area, there was a lot of white, obviously. Uh, then you get into the office, and the office is all like wood paneling and very dark. And uh, then we went uh, upstairs into the baby's room, and it was pink. And so you start looking around, and when we went through, we custom ordered a switch to match every single room in its natural color. And so, and you didn't really notice the light switches anymore. It was just this beautifully designed home and we still had them, right? It's not like we didn't get it. We mm -hmm. didn't get a chance to do this from scratch. So we still had to have the switches there. Um, but we took it as far down the aesthetic uh, rabbit trail, so to speak, as we could. It just felt better. I don't know how else to describe it. You walk into a room and you just, it's like someone's removed, you know, an irritation. You didn't even know it was there uh, until it was gone. Right. Right. So uh, think about this for a second. What if I didn't want to have any switches? Could you design a system without light switches? <laughs> Are you crazy? I don't know, Mark. I might be. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. There, there is. Uh, it's typically along the lines of uh, of integrating with a control system, or in, a, in some cases, manufactured by a control system like a Savant or Control Four. Um, but you know, Savant, we have a lot of experience with currently, and they have a panelized lighting system. So explain the idea. Maybe give give me the idea first. Sure, sure. So. When you walk in my my front door downstairs, I have four light switches across that four gang box right next to okay. the door. And now I know what each one of those lights do because I've lived in my house for five years. But when my mom, my parents were just here over the weekend, they come in and they they don't know which ones they're hitting it. One's raising a shade, one's turning the lights up the stairs. So take the guesswork out of it. And maybe I just walk in and I have a single keypad that has four or six buttons on it. And each one of those says, you know, whatever I wanted to welcome home or chill or whatever it is that you wanted to say. And that when I press that button, all of the lights in that room do what I want them to do. But instead of the electrical wiring running back to where that keypad is, they all run to either a centralized location or a centralized panel, similar to what you would see in your electrical panel, it actually looks exactly the same. You just replace the the uh, breakers that control your lights or add to them these little lighting control uh, panels or boxes, and uh, 
it allows you to hide all of that in a central location and just see that single elegant keypad in each space. Wow. Um, that actually sounds really cool. So you take, essentially, it's like taking every single light switch that you would have otherwise had and putting it all in one module in a panel in a closet, you know, your mechanical closet mm -hmm. or something like that, like right next to the electrical panel. So probably not something that you do all the time retrofit. Most of the time we're doing these in new homes that we can plan and design properly. Because uh, typically those keypads um, in certain spaces need a different type of wire in some cases, a, a four conductor wire or a cat, mm. you know, that wire we mentioned a few episodes ago. So we need to kind of plan it out a little bit more. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I like the idea of, of, of centralized lighting. And I've seen in, in, in some yeah. cases, those are uh, backlit LEDs um, that have the custom engraving on them. So, you know, whatever it is that we have them say, they can actually light up. Um, so when you uh, walk into a space, like they just look so elegant and so beautiful at night, uh, to be quite honest, I think they're just, they're quite honestly, they're sexy. I'm just gonna say it. They're sexy. <laughs> agreed. 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 They are 100%. And, uh, speaking of sexy, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, light, light switches, light bulbs. Um, but, uh, what about light fixtures? Um, yep. Absolutely. We recently uh, got access to uh, some of these new light fixtures that are actually low voltage. So you don't have to run Romex. Uh, Romex to every to every single light fixture. And they give you the full range of color that you would see in the bulbs that we mentioned earlier, but built into the light fixture. Uh, so now you get the light fixture look that you want and the you know, color changing bulb functionality paired with the control that we've been discussing for the past 20 or 30 minutes around a light switch. So you can come in and hit that button that says, uh, you know, what's the one we have at the, at oh, our location, purple, purple rain. rain, right? I love this. <laughs> yep. You come in and you hit, you hit purple rain. It's a scene that we've created and it turns all the lights in our, in our living room purple. Uh, it turns on purple rain at, 60% volume because you want to listen to that song I mean, loud. Very loud. So yeah. So you, you've walked in with your favorite beverage and you know, all you do is sit down and hit purple rain and it does everything else for you. You, you have kind of all of the control that we've talked about blended together seamlessly inside of these light fixtures. And they were able to be connected via a low voltage wire, which can be retro right. fairly easily. Well, and it, from a design perspective, there is almost no other factor, and I say almost, uh, that an architect or a designer is going to have to work with when they're considering the type of feel or the type of space that they're going to create. And just as a very basic example of it, how many times do you walk into a kitchen and there is nine or ten light fixtures in that space? Well, why? Well, because we spend a lot of time in the kitchen and we need it to be well lit. We don't want to feel like we're in a dark, enclosed or cave like experience. We want it to be light. We want it to be bright. We want it to be open. And all of those things are feel, right? 
And it's all brought about mm-hmm. by light. And so if you can control that light and then you give yourself that option to create multiple moods, multiple scenes and multiple experiences that are now tailored to your comfort. Maybe you want something that has a little bit of a soft orange glow at night. Why? Because it's a more comforting, softer kind of a light. Maybe you want something on the brighter white side of the spectrum in the morning because we're getting going and we want to have that bright impact that's very similar to the sun. And so there's a lot of systems that can even follow your circadian rhythm to give you the color natural to what your body wants according to the way that the light in the earth actually is. So now you're sitting there saying, okay, I would want to be environmentally conscious, so we're going to start there, and I want to make sure that I'm living in a way that is natural to the best health and wellness that I can provide for my family. And so you give me these light fixtures and this control, and it now I have a cohesive design. Now I have that smart home that is actually working for me that is doing things according to my family's lifestyle and to my lifestyle. So I'm no longer fighting my house to get things done that I'm trying to get done. I'm letting that house work with me to get things done the way that I want them to be done. Absolutely. I love that you use circadian. (laughs) You know, every once in a while. (laughs) Every once in a while. But day, daylight mode is uh, is cool um, for sure. Uh, I always turn that on when I'm demoing for someone, just because it's it's like, hey, you know, you you hit that button and then you look outside and it's the yep. same. So it's uh, it's definitely cool, especially if it's a you know, call it a rainy day or something like that. It still kind of mimics the the actual circadian rhythm, so that you know, whatever the sun is above those clouds, that's what you're getting. So it's kind of yeah. cool. Well, and then, of course, they're all going to sync back to uh, GMT time. And so you're going to get your sunsets accurate. You're going to get your sunrises accurate. And that can trigger scenes as Mm -hmm. well. So even if you didn't want to press a button, you don't want to go that far down the rabbit trail. Why don't we go fully automated and say, I want my outside lights to turn on at sunset. And I want them to turn off at sunrise. And you click that button and all of a sudden we're done. And so it... Every single time you think about how many different usages there are with smart lighting, you you have to start thinking again, working with your designer, working with your integrator, how can we match this to our lifestyle? And if we do that, then it's going to be awesome and you're going to love it and you're going to say, I need this in every house I live in, you know, from now until <laughs> whatever, because you're not going to give it up in the next house right definitely not it's definitely uh, not but working with your your designer your integrator that's if you get someone who's focused around design they can make it work for you and you'll never go yeah. back yeah well because if you design it then we've done it the right way so all right well uh i think it's time for us to do a segment our first segment mark segments <laughs> Ooh, a segment all right, let's do it. I'm excited. What are we segmenting? So uh, we're going to do a segment we're introducing called Surprise Tech. Surprise. 
And one day, if this uh, show ever has a budget, we'll put a sound effect in there. That will be <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I have one of them. Oh, there, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the whole purpose of this is to uh, talk about one thing that surprised us uh, this week in uh, technology. As you know, technology is always changing and uh, always uh, always evolving. And so, uh, Mark, what is one thing that you learned recently that surprised you in the world of technology? Yeah, yeah. So we've worked with a company in uh, out of Michigan that does custom speakers i believe when we first were introduced to them they had uh printed a speaker that looked just like a rock in a grotto that someone had built and and it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen because you see this what looks like a rock but it's actually a speaker (laughs) right next to the rock that it looks like that's got water running over it down a waterfall um and I always thought, oh, that's cool. You know, I could always utilize that, but that's kind of a, a once in every several years thing. Um, but what I didn't realize is that they make a device called the Edge Media Frame. Now, what this is, is I know that the we discussed the Frame TV in earlier episodes, um, but this has kind of existed since before the Frame TV. And, you know, so you want that frame look but you want the performance of one of those higher end, maybe OLED TVs and maybe a little bit better sound than what you can produce out of a normal television. So the edge media frame incorporates your television and can incorporate either a custom speaker or a sound bar from a company like Sonos into this, this frame or this box and create this elegant, beautiful, essentially framed space for your devices to sit in. So it looks clean and neat and can fit the decor of your space, but you also get the performance of that higher-end television and that premium audio experience that you're looking and for. And I've seen it. It's, it looks like custom cabinetry, to be quite honest. It would be the same <laughs> if you were to bring out a cabinet guy and say, you know, would you build me a frame around these devices? Um, and essentially, that's that's kind of what they're doing. And I think there's a couple different options you can get. Um, to make sure that it matches yeah. uh, perfectly with the aesthetic. And because they're a custom shop, um, if you have a specific need or uh, a specific thing you're trying to match or or whatever it is, they can do most, uh, if not all things. So um, there's a cool, definitely, definitely cool quoting process uh, that uh, that you have to go through. But, you know, they can make it happen. It's very awesome. I, I love that. I love that because everybody's going to frame in some way, shape, or form for televisions just because it's a better look. And again, it drives yep. from that uh, from the aesthetic. So I, I think that's fantastic. What about you, Dan? Uh, mine is uh, actually on the, the home security and home monitoring side of things. One okay. of our vendors, I was researching for a project that's coming up, and I found out that they make these cameras that can identify up to hold on wait for it holding on 1400 feet wow (laughs) i want to paint a picture real quick and i want to explain the technology so people really understand what it is that i just said because that is the most insane thing i've probably ever said in my life so (laughs) the term identify means that they can do facial recognition uh, of a particular person, okay? 
And that facial recognition is available 1,400 feet away from the camera to the person. And if you think about a football field, 300 feet, okay, you're talking about four and a half uh, football fields. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> For them to be able to see. Now, it is not an inexpensive camera. This is hands down one of the most expensive ones I've ever seen. Um, it's like, uh, I want to say six or $7,000 per camera. Uh, so not inexpensive, but the fact that it even exists is the most amazing thing that it, uh, I, I saw in the, in the last week. Yeah. And I think you showed this to me and I know that they, you know, everybody has their little advertisements, but they actually showed a, a rendering of, you know, just an image that they were taking from this camera and the first one is just like a wide angle shot of like a strip mall, right? I think there's, yep. you know, a couple of restaurants. <laughs> and then the next one is like a zoomed in just little section of that. That was, you know, you couldn't even see it in the main image. It was that far away and they were zoomed in in that second image. And it was just like, it was as clear as the first one. Uh, so it, it's pretty incredible. It, it, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. There's other features. Uh, obviously there's, you know, tripwire that you can that you can uh, program into these things, um, and we'll do some deep dives on camera technology later, and we'll get more into some of that stuff. IR technology is obviously built into it, so uh, day and night vision. It is a PTZ or pan tilt zoom, uh, so it can move 360 degrees and up and down, and it can do what's called auto tracking. So it can you know identify a particular uh, individual and uh, and follow that individual's path as they walk. So if you're uh, interested in that level of, uh, of surveillance, um, there's some really amazing options. And we'll, I know, like I said, we'll, we'll do a deep dive on that in a future episode. But uh, when I saw that for the first time, I went, oh my goodness, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that, I would like to say thank you for listening to The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan. And uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Very well done, sir. Yes. Uh, that, was, that was excellent. I was almost um, too, too far ahead of myself there, but we're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, if you have uh, any questions, uh, comments, uh, please reach out to us at uh, thesoundofdesign.com. We will see you on, uh, an ep uh, on episodes uh, upcoming. Yay!